The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Welcome in to this Duval Daily Mock Draft. Excited to run through an entirely predictive mock draft for the Jacksonville Jaguars 2023 seven-round mock draft we're going to be going through right now. I'm going to run it over on NFL Mock Draft Database. We're going to take into account all the Jaguars' needs. Currently, I've got it at cornerback, edge, tight end, offensive tackle. Of course, tight end and offensive tackle, depth, edge, really depth as well. Interior offensive line depth and future need. Running back, wide receiver, I think you could use some depth players there as well. Uh, but yeah, running this over on NFLMockDraftDatabase.com. Encourage you to check out their mock draft simulator. I think uh, of all the mock draft simulators, it's probably the best user experience, at least for me personally. So I highly encourage you to go check it out if you enjoy running mock drafts. And the reason we're doing a mock draft right now, Thursday, March 16th, Agency hasn't exactly gone the way a lot of Jaguars fans had hoped so far. Uh, I think it's uh, it's a little bit, you know, being prisoners of the moment type of situation, right? Like the Jaguars are bringing in Calvin Ridley. Trevor Lawrence is going in to his second year under Doug Peterson, one of the best coaches in football, best offensive minds. There's so much young talent across the roster. There's a lot to be really excited about. You've got your quarterback, your head coach, lots of talent. Um and you've got Calvin Ridley coming in. You've got Evan Ingram coming back. You've got them trying to go make a swing for a guy like Darius Slay. Didn't quite work out for them. But I think the Jaguars are moving in the right direction. But for everyone who's just kind of antsy for something, something to happen, right, with the Jacksonville Jaguars, I know there's a lot of y'all out there maybe focusing your attention back on the draft, which will happen in just about a month and a half in late April. Could be a way to get your mind off free agency, you know. So we're going to run through one of these mock drafts, seven round, uh, completely predictive. It's not what I would do. It's what I'm uh, guessing that Trent Balky, Doug Peterson, and the rest of the crew over there at TIAA Bank Field might be wanting to do, uh, you know, come draft day in late April. So we'll go ahead and jump into it. Share the screen with y'all. All right. Everything looking good here. I think so. All right. So the Jaguars, they have the 24th overall pick. They could obviously choose to trade up. They could choose to trade down. I think you've seen throughout Trent Baalke's history as a general manager. He's not really scared to do either. You saw just last year, the Jaguars traded back up into the first round to go get Devin Lloyd linebacker out of Utah. But for this, for this exercise here, um, I think I think sitting at 24 could could make some sense for a few reasons. Um, one of which is currently if the Jaguars don't make any other big time moves, don't make any moves in free agency, which I'm sure they're they're bound to make a couple, but um, they currently have three 
three uh, compensatory picks, right? Uh, scheduled for 2024. So you have a really loaded class next year in terms of your draft arsenal, what you're going to have in terms of adding a third, sixth, and seventh round compensatory pick if things end the way they currently stand. That is the projection, according to a lot of the people that do these compensatory pick projections. So you don't necessarily need to have a, a, a class here, a draft class here, where you bring in 10, 11, 12 players. I think really the Jaguars might be in more of a position to be a trade-up type of team this year uh, because they don't need a, a slew of players all over the roster. They really could use a guy here or there um, and use some more impactful guys than than anything else. So I'm not sure that trading down is really going to be the play for the Jaguars. I think trading up would be more likely, but for this exercise, we're going to sit here at 24 because I think there's some really, really good options on the board. For me, the number one need by far is cornerback, whether that be nickel, whatever it is, your top three corners on the roster right now, you feel really good about two of them. Tyson Campbell is an outside cornerback. Darius Williams also can be your outside cornerback or if you need to you can bump him inside and play nickel as well Darius can do either thing for you I think he earned the right to play outside but depending on the situation whatever makes most sense to get your best three on the field that's what you need to do and so I I think uh, if you get here to 24 overall and you've got a corner sitting on the board that you really value that you should go ahead and and go for that player because it's your biggest need right now. It is the one thing that if you stepped on the field tomorrow, you would be like, okay, we might be in trouble here uh, at nickel corner, at your third corner. So you've got Cam Smith, who I'm a big fan of. We've talked about a lot. Keely Ringo here is available on the board as well. Obviously didn't have the 2022 campaign that everybody was looking for out of him, but still a guy that has great size, has legitimate track speed, speed. Emmanuel Forbes is a, a turnover machine, but he's 160 pounds. He's really, really light. Um, Clark Phillips is an undersized guy. You're not going to be going after some of these guys in the first round like Clark Phillips, probably if you're the Jaguars. Uh, Tyreek Stevenson, I don't know, should be consideration for the first round. Julius Brent's probably a second rounder as well. I do think DJ Turner is going to turn some heads and potentially get drafted uh, at the end of the first round, maybe the top of round two with how good his tape is and how fast he ran the 426 40-yard dash. And I wouldn't be mad at all if the Jaguars took a swing like that on DJ Turner. But I think the best pick here for helping out what the Jaguars need for 2023 and long-term, and just a guy who, who has a first-round grade on my board, he's 21st overall on my board. We've mocked him to the Jaguars before. It's Cam Smith out of South Carolina. He's just such a talent, such a dog out there on the field. He has that alpha mentality, really aggressive play style, really good overall athlete, Six foot 180. We talked about him, I think, maybe yesterday or the day before here on the channel with the Jaguars showing interest in him. And so that's another reason to link the Jaguars to Cam Smith. Um, Tony Paulina, Pro Football Network, directly – directly said the Jaguars are showing interest in Cam Smith and they were at his pro day to Shea Townsend was out there in South Carolina, but he has enough arm length. He has 
Uh, really good 10-yard split, really good 40-yard dash, really good vert, really good broad, uh, really, really good broad jump. That is 96th percentile broad jump. I um, mean, he's just a guy that has that that alpha mindset that I think would be an asset to the mentality of the defense. And then the physical play on the field, tremendous ball skills when the ball's in the air. Prior to that, when you're talking about the quick feet and the hips to turn and carry carry offensive players downfield, change directions, I think he has that. Is he a little grabby? Yes. So is J.C. Horn coming out of South Carolina. So are a bunch of guys. I'm not saying he's J.C. Horn, just comparing the fact that both guys were a little grabby coming out um over the last couple years but i think that that's a that's a really an area that a lot of young corners deal with and and have to grow as they get into the nfl but bringing him in here to compete to either play outside or play nickel which he did both at south carolina um he played more outside for the gamecocks but there would be entire games where he would just lock down the nickel depending on the matchup. And you saw him going up against Jalen Hyatt, having some success doing that. I think Cam Smith's got to be the pick for me here. I think he makes sense for what the Jaguars need. I think he makes sense for how kind of Trent Baalke values players in the draft. A lot of athleticism, enough length, not a big guy, 180 pounds, but he looks a lot more dense than that on tape. In my opinion, he plays more physical than that. He's an aggressive tackler. Uh, really good again with the ball in the air and he's got the feet and the hips to match movements. So we're going to go with Cam Smith here at 24 overall. We'll go ahead and put him on the board. As we're running through this, I'm not paying attention to the grades here. Um, I don't think that that's, that's really something you need to worry yourself too much about. But looking at looking at the Jaguars roster now that cornerback has been addressed, I think you could still continue to address the position. I think they really should probably go after two corners in this class if they don't make another move in free agency. They did just bring back Tavon Campbell, but that's definitely not a needle mover. It's more of a real, real bottom of the roster depth type of piece, in my opinion. Um we're not going to go corner back to back though, obviously. I think what makes a lot of sense to me here, value wise and need wise, I think edge, there's a bunch of guys on the board here that the Jaguars could really go after in round two. I think it makes a ton of sense to do that. Again, the Jaguars, they have Josh Allen, they have Trevon Walker. Josh Allen is entering the final year of his contract, the fifth year option that the team picked up on Josh Allen, former first-round pick for the Jaguars in 2019. He's entering the final year of his deal. Trayvon Walker, pick number one overall. You're hoping for a big-time development out of him in the pass rush department in year two. Maybe move him more inside on clear pass rushing downs. Get him working up against guards and inside of tackles and using that length and explosiveness uh, to, to kind of push the interior. But you need another edge for 2023. Again, you've lost Arden Key. Dewan Smoot, if you bring him back, he's not going to be ready for the start of the season. You need another edge player. I think the Jaguars may go this direction in free agency at some point, but even if they do, it's not going to be a long-term fixture. It's going to be more of a stopgap solution. So looking at edge in round two, where I think there's a ton of value on the board, makes a lot of sense. And I just cannot turn away from a guy like Zach Harrison. Uh, we can talk about all these guys. 
Tommy Adabare out of uh, Northwestern. He's a really impressive, um, probably going to project as more of a three tech type of player at the next level. Played more edge in the in in um, in college at Northwestern in the Big Ten, but I think with his with his height weight profile, he is going to project to be a three tech at the next level. That's kind of where you've seen him working out at the senior bowl more often and then at the combine, but we'll see how, how, how it pans out for Adabare. He's a little undersized in my opinion for what Trent Balky really loves. Uh, and he does have the length, no problem, but I don't think he really screams Trent Balky second round pick to me. Isaiah Foskey, if he's on the board here at, at 56 overall, I definitely think the Jaguars would have a lot of interest in Isaiah Foskey because uh, they've gotten a lot of opportunities to see him, right? A um, lot of exposure at Notre Dame, lots of playing time. He's a guy double-digit sacks each of the last two years for Notre Dame. Guy that went to the Senior Bowl, guy that went to the Combine. He's got length, right? He's got um, 34 inch arms. He's got the the measurables at six foot five and 265 pounds. He's got the athletic testing four five eight 40 yard dash right. Uh, the 34 inch vert not great, but nothing nothing uh, that's that's gonna really ruin the athletic profile here. Really good broad jump 125 90th percentile. Um, and strong 22 bench press reps. I think it's a guy who who will draw interest from the Jaguars. But I think there's a couple guys who they would be even more interested in personally. And uh, for me, that's Derek Hall and Zach Harrison. I think both are really interesting because uh, Derek Hall, he's shorter than you would expect, but he has tremendous natural leverage and great length for the position and great proportional length, right? He's only six foot two and three quarters under six foot three, but with 34 and uh, a half inch arms, um, the natural leverage there is just tremendous. 21st percentile height among edge players, but 84th percentile arm length. Again, proportional length is huge for Derek Hall. He's already a very stout run defender. He's a little bit stiff. Uh, but you did see some good testing numbers, right? Um, the 40-yard dash at 4.55, you like to see that. 10-yard split at 1.59, 33.5-inch vert, 127 broad. Like, he put up good athletic testing numbers, and there's good tape at Auburn as a run defender. But how how much of that pass profile, pass rush profile is going to be unlocked, and how long will it take to unlock? the pass rush profile that Derek Hall does have because right now it's just not an advanced set of moves that he presents. He doesn't have many uh, much in the way of counters. And he's talked about that as well, wanting to improve that. But if you draft him right now, is he going to come in as your third edge rusher and be able to make an impact for you? I'm not exactly sure. And that leads me to one Zach Harrison out of Ohio State, former five-star, really big, big-time recruit, um, never really developed into a a full-time starter. Like, he's not, not coming off the field type of guy at Ohio State. But guess what? Jaguars don't need him to be a full-time starter right now. What they need right now is for him to come in and be able to rush the passer, and he did that at a very high level for Ohio State in 2022 as a rotational guy, got a ton of pressure, 
And let's just look at the measurables here for Zach Harrison. It's it's really crazy. Um, really crazy for him. And he hasn't tested, right? But six foot five and a half, 274 pounds, 85 and a half inch wingspan, 97th percentile wingspan, arm lake, 98th percentile at 36 and a quarter, real big hands. And he did do 25 bench press reps, which is impressive again with that type of length. Usually the super long guys kind of struggle on the bench, but for him to show that type of strength on the bench with that wingspan, I do think is really impressive for Zach Harrison. And even though he didn't test, the the word is that this is a guy that would test incredibly well, right? There's rumors that he's running the four five range at 274 pounds. Um, so similarities to Calais Campbell from a size profile, but I think he's got a little bit more of an advanced pass rush um, profile and and he, as for as much length as as Trayvon Walker brings to the table, Zach Harrison's got even more. So I think he's a Trent Balky type of pick all the way. And now the next pick isn't until 88 overall for the Jacksonville Jaguars. We've got corner and edge locked down. We've gone defense for both of our first two picks. I don't think we're going to go defense three picks in a row, right? So we're going to take a look at some of the areas of the offense that we might like to try to improve. I think your third offensive tackle you'd like to improve, certainly. I think your second tight end you could certainly improve. Sam Laporta would be tremendous as a guy who – definitely can be a pass catcher for you. I think Luke Schoonmaker can be a little bit of both for you here. Do you want to go there right now? You've also got Zach Kuntz on the board. Maybe you hold off until 121 overall, but your, your guys, they might be gone. But there's even more tight end depth in this class with Payne Durham, who did test incredibly poorly, but a guy who you've seen on tape and at the Senior Bowl perform at a high level. Uh, Britton Strange, Braden Willis, who might be more of an uh, – an H back type, but I think he can do some things for you at tight end. Blake Whitehart, a lot of tight ends. I think you can still feel good about on the board. Um, offensive tackle. What do we got here? Jalen Duncan, certainly a project in terms of his hand usage. It is a mess right now. Some really ugly tape at times, but really good athlete with really quick feet. And he's got the length and the size profile you're looking for. So if you wanted to take him and try to develop him into a potential starter, that could work out. Blake Freeland out of BYU, he's a little stiff, but he's got incredible incredible size, um, incredible athleticism at the offensive tackle position. He could certainly be someone that Doug Peterson was interested in, just being able to get him out on the move in the running game. I think you could get really excited about that. But again, there's a little stiffness there. Wanye Morris, we've talked a lot about him out of Oklahoma. So I think there's some interesting options for the Jaguars at offensive tackle here. I think Sam Laporta could be the value here that the Jaguars should really be looking for. And you've seen also at times um, Tucker Craft out of South Dakota State fall to this spot. And if he fell, he would be my pick because I think he'd be a really good complement to Evan Ingram, if, if they're able to lock Evan Ingram down long-term for the next three years, let's say, and then complement him with a guy like, like Tucker Craft, who can really line up in line and do those things for you and, and do that at a high level, but also be a receiving threat. I think that could be really exciting for the Jaguars, but Sam Laporta might be too good, to, too good of a player to pass on here. 
Uh, again, I don't think the Jaguars are going to go defense three picks in a row, even though when you look at the depth chart on both sides of the ball, defense three picks in a row might be kind of maybe where they should go. It's interesting. I think Zach Pickens would be a tremendous value in the third round. Really tremendous value in the third round. I feel the same way about Moro Ojomo. Zach Pickens, I think, can do a lot for you. I think he can be both a three-tech and a guy that can can really help you against the run. I don't think he you want to play him at nose tackle, but I think he can be an effective run defender and pass rusher for you. I think Moro Ojomo can do the same, but maybe leaning more into the pass rush side of it. He's a little bit lighter in the pants than Zach Pickens, but plenty of strength he put up on the bench and showed at the University of Texas, and he's got great length. Both guys have kind of that length and size profile you're looking for, even if Ojomo came in a little bit lighter than Pickens. Uh, I think both of those guys would be really good picks for the Jaguars. Um, you could say, do you want to get cheaper at safety here over the next couple of years, right? You're paying Rayshon Jenkins right now. He's under contract for the next couple of years. Do you want to get cheaper maybe after the 2023 season? Go get a safety that can play a lot of football for you. I think Jordan Battle is a tremendous strong safety prospect, really a dual safety prospect. They can do a lot of good things for you. Really consistent player. I think he's a little under underrated in this class, a little overshadowed. Uh, Jamie Robinson, I think he's a fun player, but overall didn't test quite how you how you would like to see. And Jair Brown, kind of same thing. I love Jartavius Martin. I think he could be a lot of fun. So I think there's great options for the Jaguars here on the board at at 88 overall. DJ Turner's still on the board. I mean, I don't think he will be, and I'm trying to keep this realistic for y'all. I'm not just going to take the guy who I think is the, oh my gosh, he's still available. Let's do that. I'm trying to, trying to be realistic. And is it realistic to have Sam Laporta on the board at 88? Uh, I think it's definitely possible. I think there's a chance he'll go before that, but I think 88 could be a good range for Sam Laporta. And for me, like, I do think wide receiver is still a need. The, the possession receiver, the big-bodied type of guy, I don't think the Jaguars necessarily have, you know, a guy they can just throw the ball up to. And Calvin Ridley is this guy. He can do everything for you. Don't get me wrong. But as a role player type of guy, possession receiver, role player, I don't think they really have that. Um, so I think Cedric Tillman could definitely be that. Xavier Hutchinson could definitely be that but I don't think that the Jaguars will be targeting receiver this high, quite frankly. And I don't know that they'll, they'll target tight end this high with Evan Ingram in the fold. I think they're going to be looking for value and that's exactly what I'm doing right now. I think Sam Laporta is great value. I think Zach Pickens is great value, even though most people are not really in on Mora Ojomo this high. I think he's still great value there. I have him as a second round grade. This is the third round. Um, we're going to have to make a pick here, ladies and gentlemen. I just don't think the Jags go defense three picks in a row when you're, you're trying to make sure that you have all the guys on offense to surround Trevor Lawrence with. I think Sam Laporta would be a really, really good pickup here for the Jacksonville Jaguars. We're going to do it. And again, 
it might not be Sam Laporta. Maybe Laporta's gone and and Kraft's still on the board, or or maybe you you go after a schoonmaker. I think tight end at eighty eight does present a lot of value, though. I just don't see the Jaguars going defense three picks in a row. But let's see if any of our defensive guys are still available. We lost on Zach Pickens, unfortunately, which I, I would have picked Zach Pickens there over Sam Laporta. I'm not sure that the Jaguars are going to do that, though. OT, we've still got Freeland and Wanye Morris. I would feel really, really good about Morris in the fourth round. And I think there's a chance he's there late day three, early day, or late day two, early day three. We're kind of in that range here. We'll go ahead and put him on the board for the Jacksonville Jaguars as well. Offense, two picks in a row after going defense, two picks in a row. Broncos trying to trade us for next year. I'm trying to make some picks right now. All right, just a few picks later at 127 overall. Jaguars are back up, and I've got the phone vibrating. Let's make sure there's no big news on the Jaguars' front. I'm not seeing anything wild here. Yeah. So we'll keep it moving along. This is just the way it's going to go this week. It's free agency week. I've got to be on the phone making sure nothing's going down. So we feel good now. We've got our third offensive tackle, developmental guy with tremendous, tremendous length, tremendous athleticism. Wanye Morris brings to the table. Teammate of Anton Harrison, guy who played at Tennessee, transferred over to Oklahoma. But look at it. Uh, Really solid 40-yard dash at 5-1. Solid vert for his size, 28.5 inches. Really good broad at 111 for his size. He's 6'4", 307. I think he plays a little bit heavier than that. Came in light at the combine, just trying to make sure he ran his best. But he's got 35 and an 8-inch arms, big 10 and a quarter hands. This is the type of guy I think Trent Baalke would value on the offensive line. He's got the athleticism, the size, the experience. He's dealt with some injuries, but Wanye Morris in the fourth round, I think, makes a lot of sense for the Jacksonville Jaguars. And now the Jags at 127 overall, a lot of different directions we could go. We've addressed our two biggest needs on defense. We've addressed some depth issues on offense. Where else can you go? I think you could go back to the well at edge. I think you could look at cornerback still. Travius Hodges Tomlinson is an awesome, awesome player to be able to get him in the fourth round, despite him definitely not being a bulky build type of guy. He's only five foot eight, but tremendous athlete, tremendous corner. I think if you had him as your fourth corner, you could feel really, really excited about that group. Still got Mora Ojomo on the board. And look. How do I pass on a guy like Mora Ojomo? I do love Tank Bigsby for the Jaguars. I think he would complement Travis Etienne really well, the running back out of Auburn. Just don't know that you need to go running back here. What's going to present more value to you? Um, a backup running back in this offense, again, which is pass first under Doug Peterson? Or a potential rotational slash starting interior defensive lineman long term? Mora Ojomo. 
I know I've taken Moro Jomo a lot in a lot of these mock drafts. I can't help it, though. I keep going back to the well there. I think Yaya Diaby, who I've taken in other mock drafts as well, would be interesting. DJ Johnson, uh, big-time recruit, did a lot of good things at Oregon. He's a really good athlete with the right type of size profile that you need um, for, for Trent Baalke. But I can't quit Moro, and I don't think Balky will will be a guy that that wants to overlook Moro Ojoma because the tape is really good both against the run and as a pass rusher. And then you look at the measurables and the athletic testing. This is an impressive prospect that is just not getting enough enough uh, publicity, in my opinion. He's only six two and a half, which is thirty fourth percentile. But then look at that arm, like 34 and a quarter, 88th percentile, 292 pounds. Again, I think that's a little bit lighter than what he actually played out. But he's got big 10 and 3 eighths inch hands. Um, the 40-yard dash at 5.04, nothing to write home about, but it's fine. A really good vertical jump at his size, 33 inches, which is 88th percentile, shows that explosiveness that you see on tape. And the broad of 112 shows that as well, 86th percentile. And 29 bench press reps shows the strength despite having those longer arms. Big fan of what Ojomo brings to the table. And again, we're not trying to trade for 2024 picks right now. I want to use these picks. I want to talk about these picks, what the Jaguars could do here. I think it's now wide open. I do think the Jaguars still should address the cornerback position, um, probably running back, probably wide receiver. But they really could go in any direction they feel like at this point um, and just try to get the best possible players that they can get into their into their locker room. And I think I mean, Yaya Diaby being available in the, the sixth round would be unbelievable in my opinion. He's got length, athleticism, explosiveness, production out of Louisville, did well at the senior bowl, tested well. I'm a big fan of Yaya Diaby. And I think he could rush from some more interior alignments, like inside the tackle in between tackle and guard um, can rush from the edge, do some different things for you. He's a lot of fun. Um, what else do we got here? Cameron Young can play. Jared Clark can play. Not a huge fan of Nesta Jade Silvera, but he can make some big plays for you. DJ Dale played a ton at, at Alabama. I do like PJ Mustafa as a big interior run stuffer. Um, I don't think we need to go tight end again this early, but we could certainly, um, Interior offensive line, if you've got a guy you really like, which maybe they really like Curtis McClendon Curtis, excuse me, who they've been linked to, excuse me, linked to. And you look at him, his length is absolutely very impressive. It is bulky build type of stuff. Curtis McClendon out of Chattanooga is former teammate of Cole Strange, who went in the first round last year, the Patriots. But look at McClendon Curtis. This is a guy... I think he has 36-inch arms. I'm going to confirm this. He's not even in Mock Draftable's database. Shame on Mock Draftable. We'll get the numbers, though. But he's a bulky build type of guy all day on the interior, and I think he could come in, compete for a back-of-the-roster spot type of guy. And that's what you want at the end of the draft. That's where we are. We're in the sixth round. If you can get a guy who has measurables that you really like from a smaller school, 
maybe some untapped potential there. He showed that he belongs, in my opinion, at the at the Senior Bowl and at the Combine. 35-inch arms, 6'6", 324. Get him in there. Interior um, defensive lineman, they're going to have a hard time getting around him. So we'll put him on the board. And the Jaguars have already shown interest in him. All right. What else we got? We got three picks left. We're going to use them all. We're not trading anything. I want to explore some of these. I just, because I'm just, the point of this exercise is to explore the board and look at different options. Really, that's the point of what we're doing here. I mean, at wide receiver, there's a ton of fun options. Dante Demas, he had a lot of injuries, knee injuries at Maryland, but big, talented, physical guy. Bryce Ford Wheaton tested out of his mind at the Combine. He's definitely an athlete that I think the Jaguars could be interested in late. Um, Rakeem Jarrett didn't have the the final year in Maryland that you, you were kind of looking for from him, but another really talented receiver. I think he has the size the the quickness, the hands, the playmaking ability to potentially be a, a high quality contributor and a passing offense at the next level. Jonathan Mingo, how is he even available here? Again, in the sixth round, Jonathan Mingo, I don't think he's going to make it out of the fourth round, maybe even day two, Jonathan Mingo. I have a second round grade on the guy out of Mississippi. He had a really good senior bowl. He's six foot one and three quarters, so six foot two, 220 pounds, big hands. Four, four, six, 40 at that size with the 39 and a half inch vert. Excuse me, 129 broad, 22 bench press reps. I mean, he's a specimen. And there's a lot of good tape, a lot of, um, you know, going and grabbing balls away from his body, extending for the football. But, this can kind of happen sometimes in these crowded wide receiver classes. I don't think there's any way Jonathan Mingo's available at this point. So I'm going to take him off the board, unfortunately. That would just be too much of a home run. So I still think we need to add another corner here so you can feel a little bit better about the depth on the roster. Corey Trice, that's a big athletic kid, has some really good tape. Terrell Smith similar in that regard but for me at corner i have price as a day two player there's just simply no reason he should be on the board for me and he's got some bulky traits right pull him up for you i could type I'm up for you. There we go. He's out of Purdue, right? And again, some really good tape. He's a bigger corner. So not as fluid as maybe like a DJ Turner or a Cam Smith, but that's not what his game is predicated upon. He's more of a big physical athlete at the position. Six foot three, 206, 32 and a half inch arms, really good arm length there. Uh, nine and three quarters hands, good, good hand size. A Four four seven forty. So again, that's not insane, but not terrible. Thirty five and a half inch vert. That's fine. One thirty two broad shows big time explosiveness there. Um, and then seventeen bench press reps is pretty good. I think to get a guy of his production and talent and athletic profile this late in the draft would be a steal. And in this at this cornerback class that is absolutely loaded with talent, it is possible that that could happen. 
All right, so we're now sitting at 208 overall, back in the sixth round here. Still haven't taken a receiver, even though I think there's a ton of receivers that are fun to fun to think about here in this class. We've taken offensive tackle. We've taken interior offensive line, corner, edge. We've got two corners off the board, right? Um, you've got another interior defensive lineman. You really can go in whatever direction you want here. How about Bryce Ford Wheaton, right? I mean, a lot of fun. Big athletic kid out of West Virginia. Productive. Anything going to be on the board here? I'm not sure. But goodness, six, three and a half, 221 pounds, four, three, eight, 40 yard dash, 41 inch vert. Unbelievable numbers. All right, so with our final pick, what do we need to do? I think we could address kicker. Riley Patterson is coming back, but do you want to try, try to get a guy that has maybe a bigger leg, maybe a Jake Moody, a Chad Ryland type of player? I'd be good with that, and I think that the Jaguars, whether it be Jake Moody, I'm not a kicking scout. I don't really watch the kickers all that often, but Moody does look like a stud. But whoever Heath Farwell goes out and finds that he says, that's my guy, let's go get him at the end of the draft if he's available, go get that guy. So Jake Moody, he'll be the placeholder kicker here. If he's available, that's great. He does look like a home run, but I doubt he'll be there in the seventh round. Um, but again, I'm not a kicking expert by any stretch. So that'll do it for this seven round Jacksonville Jaguars mock draft. I'll run through the picks again one more time. Cam Smith out of South Carolina at cornerback. He's going to come in and hopefully solidify your third cornerback spot, make you feel better about either playing him outside um, or inside, right? A guy that did both at South Carolina. So if you want to keep Darius Williams on the outside, plug Cam Smith in at nickel. You can probably do that and feel really good about Zach Harrison. Uh, just a, a freak of nature when it comes to his build and athletic profile. A guy who went on the field at, at Ohio State, played very well for the Buckeyes, and he had really good pass rush production for the Buckeyes in 2022. To get him in the second round, I think, makes a lot of sense. And guess what? He does not need to be a full-time starter for you in the second round. You bring him in to complement what you have in Josh Allen and Trevon Walker in 2023 sam laporta at 88 overall just ended up being too good of a value for me with the tight end position i think he has the chance to be an impact receiver at the next level at tight end wanye morris out of oklahoma a guy great traits a um, lot of starting experience you want to refine some things a little bit a little bit of a project but he's your third tackle i think you can feel pretty decent about that getting him here getting him in here for an entire spring and summer and then getting him prepped to be your third tackle i think you can live with that and with his athletic traits and physical gifts his length he's going to have an advantage from a length perspective and an athletic athleticism perspective against most guys he's going to go up against. So you can feel pretty good about that as a, as a baseline for Wanye Morris. Mora Ojomo, big time interior pass rusher, in my opinion. A rotational guy at Texas would be a rotational guy for the Jaguars. He's a little bit light, came in at 292 pounds, but great length, great proportional length, explosive guy who knows how to use his arms, swim to get in the backfield. A lot of different moves on the interior there for Mora Ojomo. McClendon Curtis, 
big athletic, not super athletic, but just massive guy with length, good athlete for his size, interior offensive lineman. I think uh, the Jaguars have already talked to him, and I think that they they would definitely value him at that point in the draft. And look, at interior offensive line, you've got Ben Barch, who you feel good about. You've got Tyler Shatley, who's a quality a veteran presence there, but both of those guys are on expiring contracts in 2023. So bringing in a a guy to potentially fit that need makes some sense. And then you've also got Corey Trice here, your second corner you bring in, who he's just there for depth to compete with Buster Brown, to compete with Gregory Jr. And I think he would actually favorably compare to some to those two guys from a physical and athletic perspective, and he might just be a better player than both of them. But Bryce Ford Wheaton, we've got after that, just a guy who showed out at the combine, mega, mega uh, size, size, speed type of guy, type of prospect, get off the bus type of receiver. Why not take a shot on someone like that late in the draft and then go get your kicker to round it out to compete with Riley Patterson in 2023, maybe get you someone who has a little bit bigger of a leg. But that's going to do it here. Really appreciate y'all tuning in. Make sure to hit me up on Twitter. Let me know what you think, at Jordan DeLugo on Twitter. You can also follow Generation Jaguar at Generation Jag. Hit that like and subscribe button here on YouTube. Leave some comments in the comment section below. If you're listening on your podcast platform of choice, please subscribe and review there as well. Really helps the show out. Again, thank you so much for tuning in, Duval. Hope you all have a great rest of your Thursday. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.